we've been going up and down and okay, but it's out of reverence for the word of God. Amen. Leviticus chapter 19. Okay, that's the first one. Leviticus 19. Say amen when you have it. Uh, way on down there. Leviticus 19. All right, verse 2. Leviticus 19 and verse 2. I'm reading out a New Living Translation. I'm, I got one that I'm going to read out of King James, and the rest are out of New Living. I'll let you know which one's which here, okay? Leviticus 19 and verse 2 says, Give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am Amen, amen. The next one, Galatians chapter 2. Yep, Galatians chapter 2. And verse 20, all the way down at the bottom. Are we there yet? Amen. All right, Galatians 2 and 20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen, amen. One last one, and then I'll let you sit down here. Romans chapter 12, okay? Romans chapter 12. Hopefully it's kind of peaking your brains a little bit as to what I'm kind of teaching on tonight. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Are we there yet? This one I'm at, I'm doing this one out of the King James Version because I like this translation on this particular set of verses here. So as I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to take something from this word tonight, O oh God, to learn something from it and to grow with it, O oh God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, and we love you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Young today. All right. Anybody got any ideas what I'm teaching on tonight? That's right. Hey, there you go. Amen. If you've been here recently, while I've been over the last several months, when I've been teaching Wednesday nights, you'll know my series that I've been teaching on, the Salvation Series. It's uh, I never thought it would go this far, but the Lord's kind of been working and saying, hey, here's the next portion that you should go to. Here's the next. So I'm like, all right, I'm in this for the long run, okay? So we're doing this. This Salvation Series, this lesson is Lesson 4.5. Why 4.5, you say? Well, because this particular lesson, I could have made it about three lessons. So I kind of cut it in half and said, we'll do 4.5 and then 5, and we'll just kind of see what happens from there. Amen. So for those who have not been here, I know there's several who haven't been. Um, I'll do a quick recap here over what we've gone over. 
And if it piques your interest, you can go listen to the podcast and get the rest of it, okay? We started back with lesson one. We started at the basis of the plan of salvation, and the basis is repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, right? Yep, yep, yep. So we started at repentance, okay? We dove right in, and I went into so many scriptures, I'm not going to pull up those scriptures tonight, okay? Because we'd be here all night long. Um, But we started with, we had to figure out what repentance is, and in order to do that, we had to first find out what repentance is not. Sounds kind of backwards, right? Well, with this, if you know what it isn't, it makes perfect sense as to what it is. So we went in and we found that feeling guilty is not repentance, right? Feeling or saying you're sorry is not repentance. What are you talking about, Brother Nick? You have to say you're sorry in order to repent. Yes, but it's more than that, right? It's more than that. Picking and choosing which sins you turn from is not repentance either. Lord, I'm sorry for this sin, but don't ignore this over here. No, it doesn't work that way, okay? It sure doesn't. We don't like to hear it, I know, but it doesn't work that way. <sighs> Amen. And there's more that we went into. I, I, I'm not going to reteach that whole lesson, okay? Um, go find the podcast on Christian Apostolic Church website, and you can find that whole series there, okay? Um, but then we dove into what repentance is, and we dove and we found a ton of scriptures there as well. Repentance in and of itself is completely turning away from your old self. That's what it is. Turning away from the sin of the world. And it's not just, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off on this exit on the freeway and go, no, 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 you're going to do a whole turnaround is what it is, okay? That's what it is. You can't, it, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? When oh, And when Lot and his wife are running away, Lot, he's, I'm gone, I'm not looking back. God told him, if you look back, it ain't going to be good, okay? Lot's wife said, just one more look, just one more look. And we all know how that ended up, right? Okay. So it's like that with repentance. You can't just kind of keep a little bit over how it's just, just a little taste of it. No, 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 no. You got to totally turn away, walk away from the sin, okay? Uh, amen. Repentance is being truly remorseful. Remember how we said it's more than just saying you're sorry. Criminals today will say they're sorry in front of a judge when they're not sorry at all. They're sorry for getting caught. They're trying not to get the punishment, okay? that Their jail's full of them right now, okay? I'll tell you that. Oh, my, my, my. Repentance is more than just saying you're sorry and then quickly returning back to that way of life. It go, we kind of dove in and, and did some research on that and some exploration there. Um, it all ties back to completely to- turning away from that life, right? It's I know we all fall into sin and we're human, and that's 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 okay. We're human. The Lord knows. That's why repentance is a daily occurrence, right? Paul said, "I die daily." He didn't. I just I do. I don't just die once. I got to do it all the time, right? Amen. But saying you're sorry with no intention of actually leaving that lifestyle, I'd argue that's not repentance at all, right? 
Repentance is also recognizing that you and I are rooted in sin and asking God to go to the root of the problem. It's more than just superficial. It has to go down deep within us. It's our heart. That's what it is. The heart in itself is truly wicked. That's just what it is, okay? And it's a mindset thing. We're rooted in sin. Our mindset is based in sin from birth. Thank Adam and Eve for that, okay? Um, But we have to truly ask God to not only change our hearts, but change our mind. That's what it is. That's all part of repentance, right? Um, And when you get your mindset changed, you'd be amazed what happens. It's wonderful when you see that, okay? I mentioned this already, but it's a daily occurrence. Paul says, I die daily. That's what he said. He said, I'm not perfect. I got to fight the same fights you do. So I got to die to my flesh daily, okay? Uh, Repentance also keeps us humble, right? It really does. Nobody likes it. it, It puts us in a position of weakness is what it does. The human body, our brains, we don't like to appear weak to anybody. We don't. But truly repenting puts us in a vulnerable state with God. That's what it is, okay? Um, and, and it puts us to a point where when we're vulnerable, we're malleable, right? We're at our weakest point with God. Our minds are to the point where God can say, hey, I want to do this with you. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I could preach on that alone, but I'm not going to, okay? Oh, my, my, my. Repentance is necessary. Repentance is not, uh, oh, you can choose to do it now or not, or maybe I will, maybe I won't know. It's an essential part of the plan of salvation. You can't get to salvation without going through repentance first, right? It's just what it is. It's one step, one, one, one peg in the wheel, so to speak, of the plan of salvation. Without that, you're not going to get anywhere. That's just not going to happen, okay? Amen, amen. In order to truly repent, we must do like Paul and die daily. we got to die to ourselves so that we can be buried and resurrect to walk in newness of life. Amen. So that's a short recap of Lesson 1. The rest of that, like I said, go on to CACSATX.org. You can find the whole se- the lesson series there and really take notes. I recommend it. Go on there, take notes, find all the scriptures. Because what I said in the beginning, and I'm still saying it now, this lesson series, I want it to be able to equip you guys. The, the average person, so to speak. You know, because we, I've been there. We're sitting there, and I'm like, well, the preacher's up there. And they're preaching these great messages and stuff, but what do I, I'm just, I'm here and it's great to hear the messages, but what do I do if somebody asks me, hey, what are they talking about over there? And we all kind of freeze up. We don't like to answer that question. But my goal with this series is to make it to where you guys can say, hey, wait, I remember this lesson series. Hold on. I have some notes somewhere. Let's find it. You got a whole Bible study starting and you never know what the Lord will do. It's, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. I also don't want this to be something, oh, Brother Tyler said you have to do this and this and this. No, 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 no. That's why I have scripture. I have so much scripture. I want this to be, it's not It's not what Brother Tyler says. It's not what Brother Appling says. It's not what Pastor Nick says. It's what Bible says, okay? That's my whole goal in this situation here. We then moved on to the second portion, which is baptism in Jesus' name. We studied 
that baptism and submersion is the only true baptism, right? It, we we went into kind of a little bit of a history lesson, how it wasn't until much later on that, that historians found that they started changing the practice of baptism. Um, and, and we did a whole deep dive into that, okay? There's, there's notes galore on that. Um, but repentance by submersion in water is the only way. <sighs> it's being buried with him in baptism. That's what it is, right? We die to ourselves we through repentance. And if you die, you got to be buried. That's just what you got to do, okay? And it washes the sin away. It's part of the cleansing factor of the whole experience, okay? We explored that it's got to be baptized. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus, yes. Yes, not the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost. It's the name of Jesus, right? Right? These three are one, okay? I and my Father are one. We dove into that where it doesn't really matter what title you give him. He's Jesus. It's the name of Jesus, okay? <sighs> amen, amen. Baptism is also 100% required, okay? It's not a way. You think I like to get baptized? No, if you want salvation, you got to get baptized. That's just what you got to do, okay? It's it's not rocket science. It's plain as day right in the scriptures, okay? Uh, let's see. It's also an essential part of the plan of salvation. Jesus himself was baptized. We studied that, right? He said it's got to be done. So John Baptist was like, wait a minute, hold on here. You should be baptizing me. Jesus said, no, no. It's all in the plan. I'm paraphrasing, okay, but that's the that's the gist of the message there. Uh, amen. Uh, we did a lot more deep dive into there, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to go any further there. We then went into the final basis of the plan of salvation, which is receiving the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. And we dove in, receiving the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gives the utterance. That's the only way. That's the only way. What's a, pardon me, what is an unknown language to us is a heavenly language to God. Amen. It's great to think of it that way. We also dove in and found that, hey, infilling of the Holy Ghost is required. It is required. There's doctrines out there that say, yeah, we can agree that you have to repent, you have to be baptized, but this whole infilling of the Holy Ghost, it's kind of a gray area, you know, no, 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 no. I'll get on a high horse on that. I don't want to do that. Okay. Amen. Switching my notes around over here. Amen. All right. It Being filled with the Holy Ghost is basically like the final ticket into heaven. We know there's more to that, and that's what we're diving into tonight. But without those three components, you're stuck. You're going to show up at the gate, and they're going to say, well, you don't have A, B, or C. You don't have any one of those. You can't get in. That's just that's kind of what it is, right? Uh, the world likes to teach being inclusive with everybody. I'm very inclusive, but if you don't have this basis down when you reach when you reach up there, you're not getting anywhere. That's just what it is. Okay. Oh, man. Through all of this, we have found that the, the, the gist of this is that every single step is required. Every single portion of this is not a, well, you can think about it, 
the Lord says, hey, this is what I want you to do. And you got to do. Okay, that's we found that's pretty simple, right? Oh, my, my, my. It's a package deal. Whether you like it or not, you know, they have these package deals out there that we don't really like. This is one package deal that I personally like. Okay. Amen. And I went looking and finding and, and, and here, there's also people out there who are like, man, those requirements, how, how harsh is this God that you serve? Well, I say to them, this God that I serve wrapped himself in flesh and a man named Jesus and went, suffered on a cross for us. He asked us to dedicate our lives to him like this when he gave his own life for us. It, it doesn't seem like a fair trade. It really doesn't. Like he got the short end of the stick there, okay? It really does. All right? So if, if what he's asking us to do is harsh, well, I got another thing for you, okay? Uh, amen. It is a price. It does have a cost. But our cost is much less than the cost that Jesus had to pay for us. Amen. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends, right? I got to thinking about that, and I was like, wow, we're counted as a friend of God. Think about that for a minute. God himself, creator of everything, says, hey, you guys, you want to be friends? It's pretty amazing when you actually think about it, right? Let it sink in a little bit. It's like, wow. Amen. Uh, and on that argument of the price is too too much, it's too expensive, it's too hard. I also see in scripture that Jesus himself tells us he's not going to give us a burden that's too heavy. He's not going to give us a cross that's too hard to bear. No, there's gonna he said there's gonna be some mountains that you have to climb, but I'm not gonna make them too hard for you. He said, I'll be there with you every step of the way. Amen. Amen. Earthly life, in comparison, means nothing to eternal life in heaven. So if I have to sacrifice a little bit here on earth for eternal life of glory, seems like a pretty good deal to me, okay? It really does. Amen. All right. Recap done. If that sparked your interest, go look up the podcast, okay? Do it. You'll love it. Amen. Living a holy life. That's kind of what we started here. I could have crammed a whole lot into one lesson, but I felt the Holy Ghost about halfway through my prep here. He said, hey, stop right here. I was like, why? He just stopped. I was like, okay, we'll stop and we'll go on to the next. Okay. So we, we I, I went, I got about halfway through what I wanted to. And then I said, and then the Holy Ghost said, stop, make another lesson out of it. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Amen. So living a holy life, it starts off with being continuously filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just a one-and-done situation, right? It's not. It's much like repentance. You don't just repent once and you're done forever, okay? It's a continuous thing, right? Think of it this way. You have your favorite house plant. If you never water the thing, poor thing's going to die, right? Just what happens. And if you got you got a pet, your pet goldfish or your pet cat or your dog or whatever, you don't feed and give the thing water or anything, the poor thing's going to die. It needs sustenance. It needs nutrients, right? It's much like our spirit. If we don't keep that Holy Ghost flowing, the spirit's going to die. 
that's just what it is, right? Oh, my, my, my. And if you have a garden, and I don't know if anybody's ever planted a garden, but my grandma has a big garden out there in Oregon. She has never said, bye, just plant the seeds once and don't do anything else for it. No, they got to till the ground and they got to add fertilizer. They got to water it all the time. It's a continual thing. If they want fruit from the garden, they have to put a little bit of effort into it to give it nutrients and water and all this, right? Much like with our souls, we have to put a little effort in order to get that return, okay? If you have a favorite fruit tree, anybody ever had, had a piece of fruit? You're like, man, that's good. It didn't just pop up out of nowhere. It came from a fruit tree somewhere. And if you've ever had a fruit tree, you know if you don't give it water and nutrients, it's not going to produce fruit, and it'll die. It's just like our soul. We want to produce fruit. We got to give it nutrients. We got to give it water. We got to keep it healthy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, my, my, my. Or here in South Texas, your front lawn. If you want to keep it green and looking good, you got to keep giving it water. Every day, every day, you skip a couple days, it starts turning brown and nasty. It dies pretty quick, doesn't it, okay? Just like our souls, if we get out of church and we don't feed it, we don't water it, we don't give it nutrients, it dies off pretty quickly, okay? Amen. And then I was here writing this, and I got to thinking, and the Lord put it on my heart, fruit. And I talked about the fruit tree, but... Our souls, our spirit continuously produces fruit one way or another. Whether it's alive in Christ or dead and and, and in sin, it's producing fruit one way or the other. If you're alive in Christ, you've got the fruit of the spirit, right? Galatians chapter 5 and 22 lays out all the different fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience. There's a bunch more that goes into that, the fruit of the Spirit. If you keep your spirit up and alive and keep your walk with God healthy, keep filling yourself, keep allowing the Holy Ghost to work in you, you've got these good fruits that are produced. When you walk away from God and get out in the world, you let your spirit die, you got fruits of darkness. You've got the devil sets in and sets his own standards, his own fruit trees, so to speak, in you. And you've got lies, immorality, greed, foolishness. Ephesians 5.11 goes into that a lot more, okay? So your soul is going to continue to produce fruit. Your spirit will always produce fruit. Whether it's good or bad, that's up to you. That's a thought the Lord laid on my heart. I was like, wow. Pretty good. Hey, look, that speaks to me. I hope it speaks to you, okay? Uh, Amen. Being continuously filled with the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Doing a lot more research here. There are Greek scholars and, and, and commentators and everything out there. Um, this is one of those verses that is pretty hard to translate fully. Um, it's, it, there's quite a few of them that are like that. The scholars and everything out there um, also translate this as, um, let's see, where to go? It's got the connotation of a continuous replenishment or an ongoing state of being filled. It's kind of rough in English, but it kind of goes back to being continuously fed and full. Amen. Like when you're watering your lawn, you got to continuously water it. 
Every day you got to do it again, right? Oh, my John 1 and 27 says the anointing you received from him remains in you. So the anointing, the Holy Ghost is in you. Whether you keep it alive and healthy, that's up to you. That's what that tells me. Does that make sense? Hope it makes sense. Second Timothy 1 and 6 says, This is why I remind you, fan to uh, this is why I remind you to fan into the flame of the gift of God, which is in you. Fan the flame. We've got the flame, the fire of the Holy Ghost in us. But if you don't fan it, you don't keep it healthy, you don't give it oxygen. It's not going to keep up. Fire needs oxygen to survive. It does, okay? And if you let it, I, we have a fireplace at the house, and we've I've gotten pretty good over the years at making a nice, good fire going. I learned early on that I can't just set the fire and let it sit there forever, and it's just going to keep burning forever. It needs fuel, and it needs oxygen, right? And we got this little thing called a fan, little pumper. You blow air into it. It blows oxygen. That helps bring the fire. You can have a whole little pile of embers, a whole stack of dry wood on top. It won't catch fire. You put some oxygen on it, bam, it lights right up. Amen. So you got to fan the flame of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You don't want it to die on you. <sighs> there are other translations of that second of Second Timothy 1. It says, stir up the gift of God. So when you think of it that way, the Holy Ghost is inside of you. You think, anybody ever made a, a pitcher of Kool-Aid or iced tea or something? You don't just get the Kool-Aid. You don't get the pitcher, fill it with water, and just dump the powder in and just, oh, bam, you have Kool-Aid. You got to stir it up. Otherwise, you got all this water and this whole thing is powder on the bottom. It's nasty, gross, right? You got to stir it up in order to make it something good. Amen. So if you let the Holy Ghost just sit there stagnant in you, it's not very good. You got to keep it stirred up and keep it moving. Okay. Another way to think about that. Oh, man. They remind us that the gift is in us and it's not something that comes and goes at will. The gift. God does not give you a gift and then say, bah, I'm going to take it away. No, he does not. It, it doesn't happen that way. He gives you the gift. It's yours. Whether you keep it up and keep it going, that's on you. That's what I find in the scriptures anyway. Is okay. <sighs> Luke 12 and 35 also along those lines says, keep your lamps burning. Like the bridesmaids, the story there, we all know that story. They all came. Half of them had lots of oil, extra to, to spare, and half of them only brought just enough for a little while, right? Then the half of them, they all went, they all went to sleep, and they woke up, and half of them didn't have any oil left. They panicked, and they ended up losing out, okay? You don't want that to happen to you, okay? Keep your lamp burning. Keep the oil going, okay? Fill my cup, Lord. Amen. Ugh. Being continuously filled with the Holy Ghost is another word for that is being continuously seeking more of God. Amen. By continuously seeking more of God, you're opening yourself up and allowing more of God to be in you. It's a two uh, a, a two road situation there. Okay. <sighs> Seek more of God continuously. Acts chapter four. There's a lot of scripture here. I can't read it all for the sake of time. I'm running late on time here as it is. 
uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 24, all the way down to like 31, the the people there, um, they prayed for more boldness, okay? Um, they prayed for more boldness, more healing, more miraculous signs and wonders, okay? In fact, you know what? Let me pull it up a little bit. He's like, well, they said this. Well, I want to show you what the Bible has to say, okay? Let's see. Where am I at? Acts chapter 4, and we'll do verse 24, okay? This is, of course, after um, Peter and John were imprisoned, and there's a whole situation that goes on there, okay? We know, okay, there was a bad situation happening. Um, they came out. They were released all the way down to 24. Where'd I go? Where'd I go? 24. Here we go. Um, actually, verse 23 says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. They said, we got some bad news here, okay? We got to get something going here. Um, verse 24 says, they heard after, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Okay. And they went on, went on. If you go down to verse 29, um, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. They prayed for more. This is post-Acts 2.38, post-Pentecost. The church here had already experienced the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but they realized they needed more. They realized the little taste they got was not enough. They realized that they were letting themselves start to die out already, and they needed some more water, some more food, some more nutrients. So they they said, Lord, we need some more. Pour it out some more. Give us some more, okay? The believers in Acts chapter 4, we talked about this. They had already experienced the Holy Ghost, um, but they were not content with what they had already gotten. They weren't happy. I, I don't want to say they weren't happy with it because they were happy with it. There's a difference between being happy and being content. Right? Amen. And sometimes it's a bad thing if you're not content with what you have. But in this case, it's a good thing that they were not content with what they had. Okay? They realized, hey, we're on to something here. This is something special. We want some more of it. Come on. Amen. Had they remained content with what was already given in chapter 2, they would have not gotten to where they were and would not have gone any further from where they were. They would have stagnated, okay? They realized, hey, we don't. We, we want to push further. We want to move forward in God. Amen. If they didn't ask for more, they wouldn't receive it, right? James chapter 4 says, you have not because you ask not, okay? If God will not force himself on us. I learned that a long time ago, okay? He he openly offers, a, he says, look, this, this whole treasure trove is open to you, but I'm not going to force it to you. You got to be willing. You got to want it. You have to be willing to take on that charge, that sacrifice, okay? John chapter 7, 
Verse 37 says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You got to want more of him. You got to want more. The living water. If you, you can drink all the water in the world and still be thirsty the next day. Drink the living water and you won't thirst again. Okay. Amen. So how do you stay continuously filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, we're going to dive into that for a couple minutes here. Okay. John 7 and 38 says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from him, okay? It starts with belief in Jesus, okay? And then it goes further, not just, oh, I believe, but I trust, okay? Amen, amen. It's This is kind of one where wrap my, I had to wrap my brain around this thought after the Holy Ghost talked to me about this a little bit. We stay filled by staying thirsty for the living water, okay? It, it's Think of it this way. You don't want just a little trickle of the water. You want, you see videos and pictures of the worst raging flash flood you've ever seen. You want that except you want it to be the Holy Ghost, okay? That's what you want, amen. Uh, you don't want to just take a little sip of it. You want as much as you can have and then some, okay? Oh, my, my, my. You got, you, when you're offered the living water, you don't just take a little sip. I, ha I had to say that again because it's super important here, okay? You want to take the whole glass and then more, of that living water, okay? This is all part of staying continuously filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? Think of it this way. I had to sit here and think, and this came to me. If you, you We live in South Texas. It's hot, right? You ever got, you've been working outside, doing whatever you're doing. Maybe you're mowing the lawn or you got other work to do outside. And it's about 104 degrees in July. And it's just hot, right? It's hot. You get and you get someone called to you from the house. Hey, I got something to drink for you. You're like, all right, let's go. You go into the house and it's a big old pitcher and glass of your favorite lemonade or whatever your favorite cold drink is. Right. You're not just going to say, man, that looks so good. Take a little sip of it. Set it down. All right. See you later. You're going to guzzle the whole glass and then some. Right. You want to do that with the Holy Ghost, with the living water of the Holy Ghost. You want to say, man, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Amen. Amen. And it's a constant thing. You have to strive for it every day. Amen. Oh, my, my, my. I'm closing. Second Kings chapter two, Elisha. We know that story. Elijah was getting ready to get caught up by the chariots. The Lord had said, your time's up. I need you up here. So that was that. Um, and, and Elisha said, hey, before you go, I got one thing to ask of you. He says, I want a double portion of what you, what you have. I want twice what you have. It's not, and no, people get stuck on both. Well, two times two is four. So he went, no, 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 no. He said, I want everything you have and as much more as I can get. That's what it was, okay? He said, I want everything. Give it to me. But what you have, I want. Your relationship with God, I want you to transfer that. So, amen. Praise God. <sighs> Give us this day our daily bread, right? 
We need the bread daily. We need the living water daily. It's all part of living a holy life. You say, well, you titled your message, living a holy life. Yeah. Well, you got to start with being continuously filled with the Holy Ghost, right? If you're not continuously filled with the Holy Ghost, it's hard to live a holy life. I said, amen. We've got to hunger and thirst after righteousness daily. Amen. Like I said earlier, if you have a plant, if you don't water it every day, it's probably going to die. Right? If you don't water your spirit every day, if you don't feed your soul every day, it's probably going to die. Okay? Oh, but I go to church Sundays. And I show up for Wednesday nights every now and again. That's, that seems pretty good. I might say a prayer, you know, once in a while. It doesn't sound like daily to me, okay? It really doesn't. If you say, you, you go, you have a goldfish, and you feed it once here, and then three days later you feed, that thing's going to be dead. Well, I, I tried to feed it daily. Well, no, it's pretty evident you didn't, okay? It's pretty evident. And if you go and you stand before God one day, and your spirit's dead, but did you feed? Did you search? Did you did you drink the living water every day? Did you give yourself nutrients every day? Well, I kind of did it once or twice a week, occasionally. Hello? God's going to say, I gave you all of this for virtually free. You only had to sacrifice a little tiny bit. All you had to do was live a holy life. Repent, baptize, and be filled with the Holy Ghost, and 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 sacrifice a little bit for all of this, and you chose not to. I don't want to be that person, okay? I really don't want to be that person. The prayer that you ought to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I need you every day. I don't need you just on Sunday or just on Wednesday. I need you every day. Every day and every night, all day, I need you, Lord, okay? And today, Lord, I want a double portion. What does that mean? That means the spirit that you gave me yesterday, Lord, the food, the water you gave me yesterday, I want twice that, Lord. And then tomorrow when you pray that, Lord, the stuff you gave me yesterday, give me twice that. I want more, Lord, constantly seeking more, okay? Does it make sense? You got to continuously seek more. Amen. Praise God. Oh, Lord, help me stir up the flame. Help me fan the flame. Amen. That prayer, Lord, I know your spirit's in me, but I want more of it, and I don't want to let it die, Lord. I want to stir it up. I want to fan it. I want to keep it alive. Amen. Amen. I hope that's your prayer. If it's not, you can start right now, okay? Amen. I'm done. I'm done. I could have gone a lot more, like I said, but the Lord said stop right here, so I stopped right here, okay? Amen. I said, Lord, why? He said, because I know better than you do. I was like, yes, sir. Amen. Stand if you would, please. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you've done.